Hey folks, my name is Michael Rosso and this is the Film Photography Podcast and Filmmaking Podcast. <laughs> oh, it is now. Wow. wow. Film Photography Podcast, the podcast for folks using traditional film, whatever it might be, 35mm, 120, Super 8, 16mm, Micro, 110. I'm here with Matt Marash. Hey, how's it going, guys? Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. We have been asked, I mean, Matt, it's like years now. People years. Years. When are you going to talk about it? 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 And I would cringe. When are you guys going to talk about Super 8? When are you guys going to talk about Super 8? Because I'd have, like, I'm still shell-shocked from spending 20 days straight, 16-hour days, shooting a feature film on Super 8 in 1989. So, you know, I kind of never wanted to see another little snippet of Super 8. I used to shoot so much Super 8 that I was editing at my apartment. I shot so much Super 8 <laughs> that I kid you not. My cat must have accidentally ate some of it. Super 8 was coming out my cat's poop. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it would just pass through. Now, 89, was this the basement? Was, the, was that the feature? Uh, no, well, no, no. starting from like 84 through 1989, I was shooting Super 8. Uh, actually, by the time 1989 rolled around, I was shooting 16mm, and that was what I wanted to do professionally. I wanted mm-hmm. to shoot features, horror features, on 16mm. When Tim O'Raw, the producer and director of the feature film The Basement, when he, we went to college together, when he came to me and said, Mike, I was his go-to director of photography. Okay. So, when he came to me and said, I have the money for a feature, and we're shooting on Super 8. I mean, back then, I sunk into my seat. <laughs> I mean, because once, as a student, once you start shooting 16, you want to move up to 35. Yeah, you never want to mm. go back. You, I mean, you and don't... 70 mil, right? Know, well, <laughs> I mean, in school, taking film classes, you're it's sort of like a kid who's 16 itching to be 17. It's like you can't wait. I couldn't wait to get through the Super 8 classes to get my hands on 16. Mm-hmm. So any thought of Super 8 makes me shudder. Well, not I'm over it now. People have been asking about Super 8 for years and I have to tell you with the the launch of the Film Ferrania Kickstarter account mm-hmm. Film Ferrania is a company in Italy who is now starting to they're manufacturing coding their own film in the rebooted Film Ferrania factory and they are going to be manufacturing 35mm 120 Super 8mm and 16mm and, and not just any film Chrome film Chrome 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 film. Chrome. 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 Color, Color slide, slide film. film. And that kind of really just kicked me in, the, in the, the pants to be like, okay, you know what? It's time to really explore. I went digging around in, in the FPP studio. And there are numerous, uh, there are numerous uh, cameras to shoot various, the Super 8 and 16mm format. 16mm, uh, we are in possession of a beautiful uh, Araflex 16SR Sync sound camera, Ooh. smooth. There's also a camera you brought in in a very nice gray case. I think it's is it a Belu? Oh, oh yeah, Jeff's uh, Jeff's Belu. Yeah, yeah, it's a Belu which needs to be explored. I own a 16 millimeter Bolex. It's a nice. hand yeah. crank camera. It's really nice. It's a reflex model. Mm-hmm. I have in my hands a, a Canon 514XL Super 8 camera. Mm-hmm. I, this was a donation, and I, it's been so many years that we've been asked. I want to say that FPP listener Nate Matos donated this. Oh, okay. It was a pair. One was donated back out to Jacob from Jacob's Camera Closet. Yep. Has the movie itch. Yeah, he had the movie itch. 
Uh, and this, I put some new batteries in. It's let's see if we get. There's no film oh, in it right now. This is the greatest sound in the world. Let's see. Also has mm-hmm. nine frames. Eighteen. Well, I'm going to go into that. But listen to this. It has a little single frame. Listen. Really milk that film. Yeah. Animate your own monster. Animate. Yeah. Animate your, yeah. Imagine this in the hands of Brett Piper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did some investigative reporting, and I, I will. T- this w- today will be the introduction to you know our first episode talking about you know what you need to know about Super 8 and 16 millimeter filmmaking. I have mm-hmm. shot films pre- professionally on on 16 millimeter. <laughs> The Basement, by the way, that's you guys have heard it before. I'll tell it really quick. But The Basement was shot in 1989 on Kodak Ektachrome and Kodak Kodachrome film. And at the time, it was shot too dark. So all the telecine units were not quite up to speed as they are today. So the project was, the project was shelved. And then only in 2010 did uh, Joey Kay and I took all the Super 8 film to do art in New York City. And we... Got it all transferred to, um, uh, I think, digital beta cam. And then Joe edited The Basement from scratch to a finished featured film. But we'll take a quick break and we'll come back. I'll start the show. What show? <laughs> hey, this is Michael Rosso, and I want to tell you folks about an upcoming screening of the 1989 Super 8 feature film that I shot. It's a horror anthology film called The Basement. And here we are 26 years later, and it's completely restored and being screened on the big screen in the big state of Texas. Here are the dates. I'll be at the screenings, and I encourage you to come on down. The Basement Super 8 will be screened at the Alamo Draft House Ritz location in Austin, Texas. On Tuesday, July 28th, and in Dallas at the Aviation Cinema, Thursday, July 30th, 2015. Please go to filmphotographyproject.com to find out additional information. Thanks, everybody, and I hope to see you there. Hey, we're back. And okay, let's let's start with the basics here mm-hmm. regarding uh, Super Eight movie making. And Leslie's very attentive. I think you actually want to hear about this. Yes, because I'm a very very lousy moving image photographer. So I'm going to hope to pick up some tips here. I mean, um, in, in camera operation, that type of thing. Well, firstly, I want to just say up front that I do get a lot of I do get a lot of emails about regular eight. Mm-hmm. Like a dual oh, eight, oh, yeah, yeah, You're too far gone, right? Regular eight, straight eight, whatever. Yeah, they call it. yeah. it's not something I'm going to talk about because I actually think that there is like a like a a boutique shop online that may have film available in regular eight for those old cameras, but I don't know anything about it because I've never. I mean, I've never shot regular eight. When my dad's regular 8 camera got stolen in 1973, he upgraded to Super 8. Sales rep was probably on a spiff. Probably. Sales Super 8. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know anything about regular 8. Although if you can I'm, shoot Super 8, you can shoot, certainly shoot regular 8. Not in the same camera, though. Not in the same camera. Now, right. Does, does it different. seem like we're already like pushing l- the limitations by going all the way back to like the... The single real eight like that. Um, like Super Eight's all like self-contained, and the the cameras are a little easier to are, cameras are a little easier to pick up. And yeah. regular eight came two ways. 
Oh, the duel. The can, and then the duel, which was a roll that you shot half. Right. Some people double exposed by mistake. They sure did. They forgot to take it out, flip it over, shoot the other side. Yep. 16 uh, millimeter width, slit from the lab, spliced together. Mm. So a lot of times, if I get a movie film in, if it's split, split. So it's like four millimeter. Uh, no, 16. Oh, 16, it's 16 split. It's 16 split, yes. Right. So sometimes I get the man to convert to DVD today, and 25 feet are shot, and the other 25 feet they mm. forgot, and it's blank. So, we'll, yeah. well, you know what? We'll save it. Yeah, yeah we'll get save any, If we get eight. any emails about Go, it, yeah. there are a number of Super 8 cameras on eBay that you can purchase. Uh, my recommendations are buy it from someone who knows the camera. Buy it from someone who has cared for the camera. Mm-hmm. Definitely ask that the battery compartment be checked mm-hmm. because that could be corroded out. What I have in my hand, there's so many models, especially yes. Canon. There's so many, so many models. This is the Canon 514XL. It's very simple, and that's what I kind of like about this camera. It has an on or off switch, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, an option to do one frame at a time, mm-hmm. a tripod thread, an option of doing nine frames or 18 frames per second. 18 is kind of the st- Somewhat the standard in Super 8, although I've shot 24 frames per second in a different camera. This is basically the Instamatic of ca- of movie cameras. 8mm home movies evolved to Super 8. They put it in a cartridge. Mm-hmm. So it's a simple Sweet. plastic. Can I ask a question, Mike? Yes. What happens if you change the speed on that? Did you have to have a projector with a matching speed? Or if you didn't, did things move too fast or too slow? Correct. Okay. A projector usually had 24 frames or... 18-frame option. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this nine frames. I'm not... Bear with me, folks. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just getting back into it. Yeah. But quite frankly, I don't know if I care. <laughs> like, at this stage, it's really not yeah. that important. Mm-hmm. It, it just isn't. Because most of what's going on, for, except for you real diehards out there who want to shoot a Super 8 movie and then project it. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I don't recommend because you're going to be buying vintage gear and two things are going to happen. <laughs> One of which happened to my dad every single time he got the screen out. It's just like the scene from uh, Christmas Story. <laughs> I love Papa says! Oh, yeah. Put, loads up the projector. Next thing you know, the film's being chewed up in it, and my dad is washing, washing, son of a bitch. <laughs> and I remember. It was the reel of my first haircut. <laughs> oh. Now, there's, there's only yeah. one snip left. <laughs> oh. Because it just got chewed up. Yeah. And then every time he, you know, he, you know it's, it's a projector, especially a vintage mm-hmm. projector, can easily chew up your film. You don't want. Also, a projector can scratch the hell out of your film. Oh, okay. And you are projecting Super 8, you know, you're projecting your original Kodak Tri-X reversal film, you're getting back your original film. It's a reversed black and white process. Mm-hmm. Kodak Ektachrome, which is no longer made. Kodak Ektachrome 100D. It is color reverse color slide, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Color reversal film. What you put in your camera is what you get back. So if you scratch it or chew it, that's it. The color negative stock, the Vision 3 stocks that are available, these stocks are used by filmmakers who are getting it processed and scanned to a file for editing, okay. not for projection. I mean, that world... Because those are coming as a negative form. Correct. So if you did project them, it would be negative. That's right. They're not okay. made for, for, for projection. Yes. okay. That sort of, sort of like when we talked, last show we talked about color, the color slide, the Don Draper error of, you know, of people projecting stuff in their living room. It's like if you're doing that, you're doing it for nostalgia and fun, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not 
there's no workflow for it anymore. I mean, uh, people are shooting a lot of Super 8 film, the Kodak Vision 3 stock, because it's cheaper than 16, it's fun, gives you a different look, and it's all for a digital workflow. Car- they're all cartridges. They're all the same. They all just pop in your camera. It just doesn't get much easier than that. Okay, Mike, so someone's just get like, now they've got Super 8 gas. <laughs> what, uh, what Super 8 stock do you recommend for someone to jump into because there's very it seems like it's pretty limited but okay let's let's take all let's take all two of our fpp listeners who (laughs) will be doing this project let's let's throw that out the window we're talking not for projection yeah you want to go with your kodak vision three stocks definitely okay because they're just it's a color negative film it's newer right yeah brand new you have lots of latitude so if you have experience shooting Kodak Vision 3, if you've been buying it from the FPP online, online store and either sending it to Little Film Lab or souping it yourself, you know that you could shoot the 500T. At, you could shoot it at 400. You could shoot it at 500. You could shoot it at 800. And there's so much latitude in the negative that you're getting back an image that you really could work with. And this comes in Super 8. You're damn right it does. Dang it. <laughs> I mean, I knew 16. Yeah. But th- now, it is awesome. a T film, which okay. means it's tungsten. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'll, let's use an example of our good friend John Fideli, who's not here, so we could talk about him. B&H's photo in New York City sells these pre-packs. Mm-hmm. They're nice. Mm-hmm. They're pricey. Mm-hmm. I got mine at Midwest Photo. Hey. That's right. You guys don't carry it anymore, right? I bought all you of bought it. You bought all of it. Yeah. This is uh, a stock that's packaged by a company called Pro 8 in California. Mm-hmm. And they got they have it going on. They are the good. It's uh, a nice service. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice service. I'm going to give you other options as well. But what you're buying is a package. So you could buy you buy your camera. You put batteries in it. You kind of test it without film. Looks good. Okay. This is the initial workflow I'm going through. I'm going to shoot a test roll. I'll always shoot a test roll because making movies is too expensive to shoot like your low budget short film epic without uh, without doing a test roll. Case okay. in point. I mean, I am the human guinea pig for not shooting a test roll because that very feature film we talked about that cost my friend Tim O'Raw, who, by the way, is still my friend, and he shouldn't be my friend because, essentially, I wasted 10000 of his dollars. <laughs> we didn't run a test. We just got the film in, shot the whole damn feature. A feature. Wow. Got it processed, and then have the technician call Tim and be like, uh, you know, um, you know, 50% of this is too dark. Because I was just so young. There's another, another tip for, from an older guy to younger guys. You see, when you're a younger guy, you, no one can tell you anything. Mm, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm that guy when I was young, of course. So I borrowed your uh, relative's camera. Yes. I borrowed J.R. Bookwalter's camera. Here's another feature to look up on Super 8. Feature film, by the way, to shoot on Super 8. Who would have thought, right? Super 8 feature film. The Dead Next Door. Yes. It's a zombie film. It's coming out in uh, Blu-ray next year. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Uh, J.R. Bookwalter is now doing a 4K digital conversion of his Super 8 positives. 4K to Super 8. Yeah. Or Super 8 to 4K. 4K. It's intense, right? That's mind-boggling. Uh, another feature shot on Super 8, a Polish vampire in Burbank. <sighs> You've heard of it? <laughs> I haven't, but I can't wait. It was on the USA Network back in the uh, early 1990s. Wow. That's right. Very cool. Very important to do a test roll because then you could see 
if there's a registration problem. When I say that, mm. the, the roll of film is snug in your camera. As the film is running through the gate of your camera, there are, there are possibilities, if the camera's faulty, a registration problem, so that if it's not registering, you don't want to use that camera. Mm-hmm. And with vintage gear, like a Super 8 camera, it's just like all the emails I get about Polaroid cameras, like the Polaroid One Step, the white mm-hmm. rainbow. Like where can, Everyone wants to get those fixed because they love it so much. There's not no worth, not such worth thing. It. Yeah. You put it on your shelf and you buy another Super 8 camera. You mm-hmm. put it on your shelf, you buy another Polaroid camera. Shoot a test roll. This is not an inexpensive hobby. This test roll is going to, you know, you're going to drop 200 non-FPPers who are just tuning in for the first time. That's $200. <laughs> you're going to drop 200 to to run your test. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, Matt, because we shot some Super 8, I think with this very camera, back in 2012 at the PDN Photo Expo in New York City. Yeah. We yeah. were just like, let's take them out. I, I yeah, John was shooting a lot of it. I remember. But yeah, was, yeah. We shot two rolls, and then Matt, you were excited. Like, when are we getting that film back? When are we getting that? I I looked up all the prices back then. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, wow, I got to drop two. I got to drop two hunch to get the stuff. I'm like, I just put it's it's been on my desk at the FPP for three years. <laughs> oh gosh, just sitting there because it's like I just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm getting into it, I, I've I've you know I've thought I've put a lot of thought into this, and I've done all the pricing. So now. I've been saving my pennies to drop the X amount of dollars. Like, I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not a hobby you want to pick up. It's not like picking up, uh, you know, a $30 Pentax K1000 and roll of film. This is a hobby that you're going to have to invest some money into, which brings me to maybe purpose, quote-unquote purpose, reason for why do you want to get into Super 8 filmmaking? Is mm-hmm. it going to be something you're going to do regularly? Or is it something you're going to do once you know, and just do it for the fun of it, which is okay too, because you can get the camera very inexpensively, and then you just need to invest in, like, let's say, a kit. Okay. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. The kits. The kits probably are the most economical because I think it's like eighty-eight dollars. Don't quote me here. I think it's like eighty-eight dollars retail at bnh.com. Mm-hmm. You buy a Kodak Vision Three kit for your camera. And you get the film cartridge, which is three minutes worth of movie film, mm-hmm. and the processing. And what you get sent back is, a, I believe, a .mov file, a digital, digital file. file. Yeah. So for $88, yeah. that really is a good deal. As opposed to buying uh, a little more of a renegade film, like an older Kodak Ektachrome 100D, or uh, I have a roll of no longer made Kodak Plus X. Mm. Ooh. So this is a little more pricey because it's not like a package deal. Okay. You just send it over to a lab, and you can get the same service done, but it's a little more pricey. Now, I think you were talking about this a while a while back, maybe a couple of years back. We were talking about Super 8 processing, and some of the labs that were quoting you, they had like a minimum amount. That's correct. So That's why I didn't do the PDN film. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jumping topics, meaning processing a film. Let's start with the film. Let's, okay. let's, mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about what films are available. Kodak Vision 3. It comes in 50D. That's 50 ISO daylight. daylight. Uh, the film, the ISO is notched. So when you put the cartridge in your camera, the camera senses what ISO it is. That's where, backing up, that's where I went wrong with the Super 8 feature. J.R. Bookwalter told me, here's the camera. I shot the dead next door on it. Just put it in automatic and shoot. Just put it in automatic and shoot. What did I do? Whatever, 25-year-old Michael Rosso. Completely ignored him because I had my Gossin Luna Pro F. I'm in film school. I'm going to be metering my scenes. You're from Ohio. What do you know? (laughs) Oh, no, I actually never said that. (laughs) No, I know you know. Okay. 
I mean, all he said, I think, afterwards, I told you, so. Oh, I mean, I, I fessed up to it. These cameras are not, I mean, they're, they're prosumer cameras. They're not mm-hmm. really designed to, it had a bunch of manual features on it, but doesn't mean it's necessarily accurate. Mm-hmm. Listen to Mike, me, put it in auto. <laughs> Don't understand. I mean, just, just, these are not 16 millimeter cameras with like a real lens. So just put it in auto. Mm-hmm. Unless I, it has the switch on it. Sunlight and light bulb. It has that. Yeah. That you need it, to know. What does that mean? Oh, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Sunlight is, if you're shooting daylight film, put it on the blazing sun. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting T, put on the light bulb. It throws the filter over. It does. You, your choices are 50D. Mm-hmm. It's a daylight film. It's a Super 8 cartridge. Uh, I'm guessing the cartridge alone, like if you just buy the film, I'm thinking it's 35 to $40. You can get Kodak... 200T in a Super 8 cartridge. The switch off Fidelity accidentally bought. He's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I bought the tungsten film because he wants to shoot his kids in the backyard. Uh, uh. Now they just look blue. Exactly. I said, throw a filter. He's like, I don't have a filter. I guess he could, he could throw a filter because it meters through the... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can get Kodak 500T tungsten in a Super 8 cartridge. You can get Kodak Tri-X Reversal in a Super 8 cartridge. Oh. And when that is processed, it's a positive? It's a reversal. Yes. It's a positive black and white. It is, yeah. Okay. It's called Tri-X Reversal Film. Yes. The Tri-X is a little confusing. Yeah, it is. It shows of confusing, but reversal. That's another name for chrome film, by the way. Reversal. Reversal. Yep. You could also purchase uh, on eBay. I mean, the stocks were not discontinued that long ago, so there's mm-hmm. ample, uh, fo- ample stock out there. As a matter of fact, this one was purchased from Dwayne's Photo hey, in Parsons, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Dwayne's has a limited amount of stuff they process. Dwayne's Photo in Parsons, Kansas will process Kodak Ektachrome 100D. So it's a 100-speed daylight film. You could also find Kodak Plus X Reversal discontinued. Uh, in daylight, it's uh, 100 ISO. So Big th- minimum at Dwayne's, or can you send them one? Do you know? Mm, I didn't print out a, 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 okay. a, a Dane's form. Dane's form. <laughs> Quick little Google take care of that, yeah. I'm sure. The Google. There are also, I, there may be some other stocks available. I don't have the information, like ADOX, Super oh, okay. 8, black and white. That also may be available. I'd say, you know, out of the box, introductory, what I'm doing, my recommendation is what I did. I bought three packs of film at Midwest Photo. Comes with the film and the processing. I'm going to get my file and will allow me to put my toe back in the water. There you go. Yeah, I mean that. And for 88 bucks, yeah, it's it's cheaper. Yeah, and they're digitizing mm-hmm. it for you. So it's and they're digitizing yeah. it for you. Uh, here is some prices for processing at a company called Yale Film and Video. I have not used them yet, but I'm going to for some of this oddball stuff that I have laying around, like the stuff we shot at PDN. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Super 8 and Regular 8 black and white processing, Plus X, Tri-X, Fomapan. I guess Fomapan Ooh. makes a uh, Super 8. And they charge uh, for the regular black and white, which might be a negative, I'm not sure, $25 per cartridge. That's three minutes of film. Uh, $20 for Tri-X or Plus-X. Super 8 and Regulate Ektachrome. Uh, that's the Ektachrome 100D and Agfa 200D. 20 bucks a roll. Uh, color Negative Vision Film. 20 bucks a roll. There's some things here. I'm guessing that you could bypass these charges. Prep for Telecine Parole. Uh, push. Mm, mm-hmm. 
push per 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 stop. Yeah. Uh, push minimum per stop. Push minimum charge thirty five dollars. Per stop is two fifty. Pull minimum five dollars, and the charge to pull is fifty dollars. If only you had known. What? Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Special services. Mm-hmm. Prep for telecine. Snip test. Yeah, like a clip test. Yep. $10. If only you had known. Spool down onto 100-foot spools. Plant opening after hours and weekends. If you need something special done, $5,000. Oh. So I've, I haven't used these guys, uh, but I am going to send them the special film Uh I'm just going to have them just process only, send it to me, and then I'm going to go to uh, Deluxe. You know, Color by Deluxe? Sometimes you see it after Mm -hmm. films. Deluxe in North Fallon, New Jersey, which is close by to Mm -hmm. the FPP. And I'm going to sit with my favorite colorist, Dave Northrup. He does all the film-to-tape transfers that I sit in on for, um, you know, the feature films that I work on. Uh, so, in a nutshell, that that this is that that's the primer on on Super Eight filmmaking. Technically, let's talk about really quick. Let's talk about purpose. Why? Give me a reason, as Dirty Harry would say. <laughs> you know, did did Clint Eastwood ever say that? Give me a reason. He must have. With his finger on the trigger. I'm sure he must have. If you're going to invest the time and money into shooting Super Eight, I suggest that you put a little put a plan together. If you have one roll of film, three minutes. Then plan it, plan all your shots as best as possible, and do what I call a camera edit. So, if I were to do a film right here, right now, in the studio, I would do a camera edit. And I would just set it up very simply. First shot, at the door. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to say go, and, and Matt and Leslie are going to walk in the door and wave mm-hmm. as you come in. Okay. Action! We walk in. One, two, three, four. Stop rolling. Okay, next shot. Reframe your shot. Action. They sit down to their chairs. Okay, great. Next, plan the next shot. Okay, action. Mom comes in with the birthday cake. <laughs> Close-up birthday cake. Walk with her as she comes in. She puts the cake on the table. Hey. Okay, great. Cut. Stop your camera. Re- reframe. You don't want to jump frame. You want your frames to, by the way, you can go to library. Go to library. You can get a basic book on filmmaking. Mm. How to cut your shots together yeah. so that you're not doing jump cuts. So you, to tell a story. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking from, oh, I want to put a mini movie together, you know. So next shot, wide shot, action. Mom puts the cake in. Cut. Next shot, action. Candles get lit. Next shot, wide shot. Everyone sings happy birthday. It's silent, but it's okay. You can dub it mm-hmm. later. <laughs> next shot, close up the cake. Leslie blows out the birthday candles. <sighs> the end. That's it. <laughs> You'd be able to get that, squeeze that whole sequence onto a three-minute reel and maybe have enough to shoot like shoot a BTS. Twice. yeah. Or shoot it twice, yeah. absolutely. It's kind of storyboarding, right? Yes. Uh, without it is. maybe drawing it out, but but, but make you that could plan. have some fun. I mean, you really could make this a home fun project, especially for, fa- for a family. Mm-hmm. If your kids are awesome. like, John Fideli's like, ah, my kids really can't take directions. They'll be giving directions because they're still, they're like five years old. Yeah. If your children are a little bit older, oh, Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> You could do the same process and make make a family project. And you actually could do a storyboard. Mm -hmm. Or you could, of course, be fly on the wall and, let's say, go to uh, Uncle Hank's birthday party. Providing, let's say, it's outside, hopefully. You could do the same thing. Camera edits, but shoot wedding style. Shoot it as it's happening. Pay mind to, you know, you're running. One, two, three, four, five. Stop. Next shot. One, two, three. 
That's why uh, home movies have that unique look of the stop and start. Yes. And good dads yes. told a good story. Bad oh. dads did jump cuts. But that's okay. Yeah. But that's why everything Christmas is compressed to three minutes because the mm-hmm. stuff's damn expensive. <laughs> Dad knows he only has one cartridge, yes, and he has to get the whole Christmas mm-hmm. day into this one cartridge. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, without even thinking about it, people were camera editing. Yes. And that is sure. a beautiful thing, and that's what makes home movies shot on film special and home movies shot on video so gosh awful. <gasps> mm-hmm. I offer both of those services, and you're so right. Video camera, just let it roll. Let it roll. It uh, drop your arm to the ground. You're shooting the floor. The camera's oh, still rolling. Oh, gorgeous. The camera's rolling. The, cam- the camera's panning. It's, the, the camera was on the whole time yes. from Ohio down to Florida on I-75. And the only thing that changed was the radio. <laughs> video killed the film star. Mm-hmm. Video killed home, the, home movie, the, yeah. the charm and sure. beauty of home movies. You know, I think uh, the in-camera edits, it's really funny uh, you're mentioning this because the, the success lately of the, uh, the social site uh, Vine. Mm-hmm. Oh. Five seconds, you know. Oh, it's all Instagram, in- you have 20 seconds. Yeah, it's all in-camera edits. For, for a, like there are people who do whole Vine productions. Five seconds. Five seconds, but it has to fit it. Or it's, sometimes it's like nine seconds. Okay, but okay. But it's all in-camera stuff. And, of course, it's jump cuts because you can't very well do a good transition right. in that time. But it's, it's a lot of the same you know, analogs I'm hearing with like the telling that story but mm. by you know, transitioning it through. So. Think of being a commercial producer, of producing a commercial. And I was when I worked for Comcast. My job was I had to shoot a commercial and I have 30 seconds to tell a story. So that is on-the-job training that is priceless because you have 30 seconds to sell a product. That's it. If I had a minute, to me, that was too long mm-hmm. after once you get used to shooting things in 30 seconds. So if you have three minutes to tell a story, I'll tell you why this is so beautiful. Actually, my heart is warming as I'm talking about this because, let's put it this way, no one on the planet as of right now wants to watch anything longer than two minutes. No. As a matter of fact, two minutes is long. If it's not good, you it's lost an them. It's eternity. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to Instagram, who now has 20-second maximum, everything is thought short. So kids that are shooting, when I saw uh, Jen's daughter's Sophie, her Instagram movie, she shot on her phone. I have to tell you, Matt, I had no idea how she did edits. I'm like, I just looked at her. It's a 20-second movie. I'm like, how, how did you edit that? How and she's like, oh, she, of course, as a kid, grab the phone out of my hand, start, <laughs> pause, yeah, reframe, yep. p- uh, record. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's a beautiful thing. It's so simple. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the only way digital technology has made life beautiful and simple again because it's, 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 uh, mm-hmm. it's aping the concept of what Super 8 was, which is yeah. you have three minutes. That's all you have is three minutes. I'm excited. I, I, I am excited to put some short subjects together, and um, I'm certainly not going to be able to save any money this year. <laughs> <laughs> but the process that's going on at Pro 8 is a sweet deal. And um, if you have a Macintosh or even a, well, any, well, I I should say anything now, Mm -hmm. you could Mm -hmm. download software to edit. Mm -hmm. So once you get your file back from Pro 8, you could then have your editing session and trim things down and add sound. And it's it's a great thing. I'm I'm very excited about this. iMovie that comes with a Mac. 
never been yes. easier. It's brilliant. That's true. I used to sell a $40,000 machine that does what now comes free on iMovie. Yep. Do you guys sell so. editing software at Midwest? Nope. Okay. Um, well, I mean, we used to do the software suites. But, Sweet. But now it's, uh, it's all <laughs> Adobe Creative Cloud. Okay. Uh, personally, I'm using their uh, their photographer package, the ten dollars a month, which includes Lightroom, Lightroom Mobile, Photoshop, okay, uh, CC, and then I also have a subscription for uh, Premiere Pro CC, and Premiere's uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, you can, it's in the cloud, right? All in the cloud. Uh, I can access it from any computer. Just log in as long as it's installed on there and it's ready to go. Um, I can actually access any of them uh, from my phone right now. So just pull it up, and there it is. It's pretty oh, very quick, nice. Pretty quick and easy. So now, folks out there listening, if you have questions, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If you want to bypass Super 8, if you have enough cash to do that, 16 millimeter filmmaking is so much fun and so much satisfying because you're dealing with real lenses and. The picture quality is so much better. I mean, Super 8 has its charm, but 16, you could shoot a movie. You could shoot a feature film. I just purchased. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I got the film sweats. It was the same day I called you, Leslie. Mm-hmm. I had sweated. I sweated all, I sweat all day. I bought uh, six 400 reels of expired Kodak Ektachrome 16 millimeter. So this, this is not horrible. It's 2,400 feet. So that is... Six, you get eleven minutes out of you get eleven minutes out of four hundred feet. So I have sixty six minutes worth of film. So the first the mm-hmm. first hundred feet I'm going to shoot as a test. Mm-hmm. Oh, we shoot a test. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mm-hmm. send it to uh, I'm going to send it to Yale Yale Film and Video for processing. Um, and this is uh, Kodak Ektachrome seventy two eighty five. It's a hundred daylight. Uh, Agfa also made a 200 version. And then once you get into 16 millimeter, they charge by the foot. 25 cents per foot. Get out my calculator. 0.25 times 4 hunge. That's one. You drop a hunge for 11 minutes worth of footage. Yeesh. <laughs> so that 400 foot reel is going to cost you 100. Yeah. yeah. So you've dropped twice the amount of Super 8. So you may be saying. It's twice as big. <laughs> why should Super 8? Half a, it's t- half off. Yeah, half off. It is. It is. It's. It's. Um, and this does not include telecine. That means the transfer mm-hmm. too. They do offer a telecine pr- uh, price. I don't have that in front of me. Yale Film and Video. You could just type in the Google Yale Film and Video. You'll get the website. It's a very organized site. Very easy to read. The Google. Um, and they process a lot of different uh, a lot of different films. So you may ask, what films are available? Sixteen. Well, Kodak Ektachrome expired because Kodak doesn't make it anymore. Same would go, I guess, for the Agfa. They don't make it anymore. You could buy brand new Kodak Vision Three. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Do they process Kodak Vision Three? You may have to send them an email. You know what? It's Kodak Vision 3 16mm. You may have to go to Photochem, West okay. Coast. The big guys. Big yeah. guys. Photochem, uh, Color by Deluxe, West mm-hmm. Coast. New York City has closed all their film processing. Oh, wow. Closed. closed. Gutted. Everything's West Coast 
U.S. I'm not sure about London. I'm sure certainly London. Kodak Vision 3, 16mm, 50D. That's 50 ISO daylight. 250 daylight, 250 ISO. 200T tungsten. Beautiful. 500T tungsten. The 500T and 16 is the bomb because you're dealing with real lenses on camera, so you can just filter the, filter the lens, yeah. shoot outdoor. Mm-hmm. So you have a very universal film to shoot with. 500 ISO indoor, beautiful. Three, I think it's like 320. 20. 320 ISO outdoor using a filter. The cameras, you may say, well, film camera, what am I going to shoot with? Tried and true. It cost $500 in 1985. It cost $500 in 2015. Talk about holding value. A Bolex 16mm reflex camera. You want to get the reflex, not the parallax. Parallax is not through the lens. You're not, you're not focusing through the lens for the mm-hmm. parallax. And that's easy to be fooled on the bay because the people mm-hmm. selling it don't always know what they have. Oh, okay. So you don't want to, you want to buy a 16mm Bolex reflex camera. And it is a tank. And I don't have it in front of me, this show, but there's a, there's a company down south somewhere that does do um, CLA, Clean Lubricate Adjust mm-hmm. uh, Bolex cameras. That's all they do is Bolex. Wow. So I think you'll drop a few hunch, but, you know, they'll, it'll be super smooth. If you're starting out, Bolex is the way to go. It's a hand crank camera. You get 30 seconds per crank. So that is your discipline for laying out your shots. In other words, you already have the plan in your head of each shot is 30 seconds. There's no long, you know, tracking shots here. There's no, you know. So there's no cranking it twice and getting a minute. Does it work like that? No. Is one crank? Well, if you're shooting an exterior, you could do it quickly on a tripod. But I've never done that in all the years of me shooting short films. They do make fancy schmancy Bolexes with a motor. Mm -hmm. That's where you get your... They only take 100-foot spools, but there may, may even be an adapter to take 400-foot. But if you're going to go there, go to Aeroflex. Move up to Aeroflex mm-hmm. or Baloo. The real nice ones. Yeah. yeah. But like, and prices have come down. I invested $12,000 in a Aeroflex SR1 camera in 2001. Certainly the price is down. But like a Bolex, people, they're still in demand. The, this, the Aries are all really collectible. That's why, yeah. right? Yeah. But they, they, they're, they're workhorses. Mm-hmm. And this is a crystal sync camera, meaning that if you're recording your sound separately, uh, sort of funny because, you know, over the years it went through the process of using what was called a Nagra sound recorder, which was reel-to-reel. And then that went to what was called a DAT, D-A-T recording. Yes. That was mm-hmm. the standard in 2002. And now, of course, everyone just has their zoom recorders. Yeah. Because if you if you're going to shoot sync sound camera, you could actually shoot a little short film with dialogue. How fun is that? Yeah. And an Aeroflex will hold a 400 foot reel on a core which you have 11 minutes worth of film. You know, get out your storyboards. By the way, you could buy I'm sure you could buy them used on eBay. Actual story they used to sell storyboard books where basically you get the empty cartoon panels. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So you could draw out your movie shot for shot. Paper sheet, rip yep. it off, put it up on the wall. And, uh, and there are many classic filmmakers uh, who would storyboard every single shot in their movie. So if you look at their comic book, that's, that's very important to think about before a movie. You know, if you're serious about movie making, it's like people don't, just don't show up on the set. Like, okay, what do we – like, no. It's like all the work is done in pre-production. Everything is prep work. Everything is laid out. So you as the person in charge – of course, we're just, you know – talking about having fun here. 
you'll be the director and cameraman. <laughs> you show up, and your actors, your people, even if it's your family and your kids, you have to direct. You have to uh, relay your vision of what it is you want to shoot so that everyone's on the same page so you have a successful and exciting short film to look at. Am I putting too much gusto on this? Mm-mm. No. Uh, did you mention mm. how much 100 foot and 400 foot of 16 gets you? Yes. Uh, 100 feet of 16 millimeter gets you... No, because I was just looking up prices. And you got me looking at it, Mike. Yeah, you get approximately three minutes worth of footage out of 100 feet. Okay. okay. And you get 11 minutes. It's 2.75 minutes out of 100 feet, so 11 minutes per 400 foot. Running at 24 frames per second. Wow. Okay. So, That's pretty sweet. Now, years ago, before the digital technologies took over the world, if you wanted to shoot slow motion, you'd have to shoot your film through the camera fast. You need a higher speed camera. Higher speed camera, and you'd burn through a film like crazy. Mm-hmm. So you just have to calculate those shots. Be like, oh, how much am I going to have to spend to do slow motion? Uh, yeah. Because it wasn't done in post-production. Well, it's funny. It's just as expensive now because you're burning through hard drive space super fast. I'm not even talking about hard drive space. I know. That's a whole nother. That, that's pl- in addition to all the But film. you know what? Yeah. If you have your, your MacBook at home and you buy like a 5-terabyte drive mm-hmm. or even a 1-terabyte drive, I mean, you, just, you drop a few hunch, you yeah. own the drive, that's your drive for your media. When you get your media back from Pro 8, mm-hmm. that's your media. Back it up. Definitely. Like immediately. Always have to back it up. Back it up. Because you don't want to spend all the... And now we're talking about spending all this money for this movie and your actors and your sets and your makeup and then hard drive crash. Then, like, you have no movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have your film. Sure. But but, (laughs) you have your film, but, you know. So that wraps up uh, Super 8 (laughs) 16mm filmmaking. The intro to... We pretty much covered it for a a primer, Mm -hmm. right? That's a good primer. Very Good. 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 When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, some stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Stuffins. We'll be right back. If you want to get around the really modern way, you need two things. A one-man gyrocopter and a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. A camera that loads instantly and shoots a brand new kind of movies called Super 8. So improved, they make other movies look old-fashioned. Take it from Kodak. They're the movies of the future. Guess he's never seen a camera like this before. Automatic, power wind, zooms at a touch. Everywhere you take this camera, you'll get a great big welcome. And just wait till you see your movies on a Super 8 projector. Enjoy life the really modern way. Get a Kodak Instamatic M5 movie camera. Gyrocopter, optional at extra cost. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, and I want to tell you folks about an upcoming screening of the 1989 Super 8 feature film that I shot. It's a horror anthology film called The Basement. And here we are 26 years later, and it's completely restored and being screened on the big screen in the big state of Texas. Here are the dates. I'll be at the screenings, and I encourage you to come on down. The Basement Super 8 will be screened at the Alamo Draft House Ritz location in Austin, Texas, on Tuesday, July 28th, and in Dallas at the Aviation Cinema Thursday, July 30th, 2015. Please go to Film 
photographyproject.com to find out additional information. Thanks, everybody, and I hope to see you there. Hey, we're back. Ooh, all right. Ooh. The Mr. Brown's hitting me now. Shoo. Oh, we're Good all break. Good on break. the break. Yeah. We're all super charged. My heart is beating. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of the studio because I want to shoot, shoot, shoot some Super 8. Here's a letter. Dear, FP, dear Mike and FPP hangers on. Hey, oh. I'm sending you two boxes of goodies for the FPP to use in any way it wants. All of the cameras, a Konica Auto Reflex TC, Zenit 122, Ricoh KR Super 2, as well as the Polaroid Pro Pack camera work as they are supposed to. Uh, like all those Zenit 122s, it is, un- it is susceptible to photon leakage. So I always advise the user to use anti-photon tape to cover up the back seams. It's good stuff. The second box contains a bunch of odd filters for a variety of different cameras, as well as many of the small series filters that may be fun to experiment with, mm-hmm. like filters for like your Kodak Hawkeye, yes. like all that kind of stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like you guys had a great time in sunny and warm California. Going back to New Jersey must have seemed surreal afterwards. It certainly was. It was great that the joy of film is being spread far and wide. I just spooled up some of that lovely Schmina 125 color film into cassettes, and I look forward to shooting once again with it. It has a muted color palette that is quite retro. I have at least eight bulk loaders with a variety of films that I use regularly, and some that only get occasional use, such as TechPan and Direct Duplicating Microfilm. Ooh, TechPan. Spoiler alert. This is from Mark, by the way. Spoiler okay. alert. If we do have a fall 2015 FPP meetup in Ann Arbor, you should know that we now have a new... new camera store with the name of Camera Mall on East Washington Street. The manager, the manager's name is Desmond Colin Burley. He will be carrying film. He has been very appreciative of the A3C3 folks popping in. <laughs> That's Ann Arbor how, what is Ann, Arbor Ann Arbor area, area. Crappy, Crappy Camera, camera Club. What, what's the three? Three A's Oh, Ann, Ann Arbor, Arbor area 3C Crappy Camera, camera Club. Club. Okay. Have fun and keep those shows coming. Best wishes, Mark O'Brien, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, please look for uh, our announcement regarding the fall um, meetup. Sometimes these remarkable cameras just fall in our laps, don't they, man? Literally. Literally. I, I mean, I'm always blown away because I never heard of this camera. When I picked it up, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. This, this thing is pretty sweet. So I'm there at Midwest. Grinding away, doing my job, and in walks the nicest old lady in the world. She's dropping off these cameras. Good morning, son. No, she wasn't that, but you know, like, she just, she's like a young grandma, you know. Right. Uh, and she, she comes in, and she's trading up to get into uh, one of those indestructible cameras. All weather, she doesn't want the Extendo lens, all that stuff. The uh, Minolta Weathermatic? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> So in comes a bag of these point-and-shoot cameras, and I just go, ugh, you know, because we get this yeah. every day, and they're just, there's too much. Yeah, too much. Uh, so I can't go through them. I'm not going to give anything for it, but, like, yes, I will 
I will move them along. And usually we just put them in the, they're earmarked for just getting thrown out, you know, make sure the batteries get disposed oh. of. And well, no, if they Hilarious. work, yeah, for, for the most part, yeah, they, they end up in the, the bin. Uh, and then in one of these bags, I don't even know why I felt like going through it. I maybe I was just bored afterward. Um, there's a an Olympus box, and in this Olympus box is a Kodak point and shoot bag, and in this Kodak point and shoot bag is I was like, whoa! I, I see this. I see the red on the lens. I'm like, oh, what's? And it's a Yashica T4 Super, Super. weatherproof point and shoot 35. This is completely weather sealed. So it's got the O-rings on here on the bat- the back and on the battery so you can actually like take this to the beach with you. It has a Carl Zeiss T-Star 35mm f3.5. This this camera is sweet. 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 Completely auto fo- no manual, completely auto focus, auto exposure. You can disable the flash. You can do timed exposures on it. It's uh it might be replacing the XA for me. Tripod mount on the bottom? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I looked this up on the web, and I felt bad later, you know, because, like, I didn't go through the point-and-shoot pile. That'll go away. Yeah, this thing's going for, you know, two to three hunch average online. It is uh, mainly due to its price point and its popularity in uh, in Japan. It's kind of a, a cult point-and-shoot camera. A well-deserved yeah. cult camera, though, What's actually. What's special about it, Matt? Uh, weather sealed. Mm. So you, you can knock it around. Yep. Oh, there's a lot of weather sealed. Almost yeah. every Olympus. Yeah. But that lens... Yeah. And what other point-and-shoot camera has a waist-level? This does have a waist-level viewfinder. Finder. A waist-level yeah, viewfinder. Also known as the Super Scope. Super scope. Yeah, so easy to street shoot, you know, and be... Shoot from the hip. Uh-huh. That's crazy. But this is... Uh, but you could even crazy. shoot at the North Market with that. Yeah, I was shooting North Market. That's a uh, F3.5 lens? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good in, in low light. Uh, you know, DX-coded... Only, I believe. For do the, for do the you film. know, would you happen to know what DX codes it reads? Like, um, I think it goes as low as 50 and as high as like 800, somewhere in okay. there. So. Maybe I'll, I bet it goes further than that. It, it oh, might, yeah. You. I haven't really Takes, pushed it. I, uh, I do 400. Okay. So. Lithium battery type, 123, uh, um, 2CR two two something? Yeah, 2CR, the CR2s. CR2s. That's probably the most popular. One battery. Yeah, the ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, one CR one two three like can you open the CR two CR two yeah. the smaller ones yes. yeah the smaller one so um, yeah but lovely juiced it up works works swimmingly this is my second roll through it uh, and as soon as I finish this black and white black and white's like my messing around I'm gonna soup it at home or I'll give it to my buddy Mark Fole right and he'll 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 deal with it <laughs> right but he he does really good black and white and uh, he'll give me a contact sheet oh you know and i love seeing contact sheets so i can know what to scan you know get yep. the china pen on it and, oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. so uh no this that's nice this is a sweet little point and shoot as soon as i posted it on twitter a couple months back uh someone was like oh yeah that's great poor man's contacts t2 and i'm like well, what's contacts t and it's like the next step in evolution from here the contacts t2 is a 2.8 lens super oh, sweet oh, that's a contact not a Ishika. Yeah, but this is like the little brother of that camera. Different company, though. Well, Contact Yushika uh, were our bedmates. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. But no, I mean, very, very neat cameras. I I love how lightweight, pocketable it is. It's You know, it's pretty compact. It's a little bulkier than the XA, but sometimes I don't want to focus. Yes. I've missed a couple good ones with the XA. That one just does it. So it's a sweet camera. You have uh, color slide film in here? No, I have the 400 black and white. Okay. So T Max, that's like my go-to for 35. I like that. Uh, oh yeah. Listen uh-huh. to it close. 
It's like slaps yeah. that lens it's across. And yeah. yeah. T four super. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited wow. about it. So you recommend this camera. You got your first rollback. Got my first rollback. It was super sharp. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't have some of the features the XA has, like you know, your backlight compensation, that sort of thing, but I feel like the auto exposure meter on this is makes up for that. The fill flash on it's nice without making it bulkier, you know, because once you had the flash of the XA, yeah, you're getting yeah, bigger, and it has a wine. It takes a while to recharge this one. It's very very quick. It feels like when you if you've never shot with the ones that are fully sealed like this, at first you think it's broken or it's corroded, you know, because you like you really have to pry open okay. the door. And you have to squeeze it shut. Yeah, you really do. Uh-huh. So uh, don't be <laughs> like no violence, but you know. Don't be don't be scared either. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool camera. It makes it kind of makes me want to look after look for a T two. But I mean, considering I paid nothing for this one, right? <laughs> probably, probably not going to want to sink. You know, I'm excited about thirty fives. I don't have to sink money into and like have have to put minimal you know commitment or effort towards. So, but I can't wait to see what the um, that ectochrome looks like. And yes. I'm, pr- I'm sure in like outdoors, you know, throw a filter right over this whole whole deal right here. It should be good. Oh, that's right. You can just get right there. You can tape it there, right you out. Could, or you could do it, a Coke and square. Yeah, because the auto exposure is right here. And, mm-hmm. just, and it closes the lens. If you notice, it's underneath. Like, there's a lip. Yeah. So you can't actually tape, like, a leaf filter on there. The gel. Something right on there, yeah. You tape mm-hmm. a gel on there. Yeah, and I'd probably just put it over this whole area so it just gets everything with that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, but I I really like it. It matches the uh the old the old lady color of my uh, Ford oh, yes. 500. That was uh called a champagne. Cha- oh, champagne. Yes. What these went for new? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I would probably say in probably in the 100. I mean, it's still range. like an aunt oh, camera. Um hmm. I mean, it must be cuz I I got one from somebody's aunt. Oh, that's right. <laughs> But no, it was uh, great. I and mean, it made sense because she traded up to a weatherproof camera. So, you know. Okay. Digital. Yeah. Digital. Digital. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, this is, you know, I know you folks at home know I'm not like super into 35, but this is pretty sweet. You've been shooting a lot of 35 this year. I wouldn't say, I mean, a lot's like what, like 10 rolls? Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of little, little cameras, what are you going to be talking about, Wesley? Well, I'm going to talk about the. One-time disposal, totally recyclable, single-use camera. Wow. Wow. I don't think we've ever talked about single-use cameras. No. No. And we typically, we consumers or users, we call them the disposable camera. Mm -hmm. And we all know what they are. They are a one-time use. They're pretty much a simple box camera. The film is already installed in it. Yep. Fixed focus. Yep. Uh, Today, they typically will have a flash in them. Yes. Specialty. You can get mm-hmm. some underwater ones. Yep. Don't know about panorama, but they did have them. We think of them as a pretty low dollar quality type of camera thing. They have an incredibly interesting past. Now, the first time I mentioned disposable to someone was the walking workshop, too, in lovely downtown Finley, Ohio. And Keith Swan casually said, um, single use. <laughs> and it, I mean, I kind of, oh. I kind of renoted it at the time. The lab repurposes them. Well, yeah. Well, and because to say disposable does not. And I'll, I'll quote. I, I emailed uh, Keith on this, and I said, "This is what I said, and this is what you said. Why did you say that?" And he said, "Generally, we use single use or one time use, as it is a bit more environmentally friendly sounding." Than disposable. Mm. Sounds like disposable sounds like you're filling up a landfill. Exactly. One camera at a time. And and <laughs> I have to think about it. And I have never ever heard Kodak 
or Fuji intentionally have disposable in any advertising mm-hmm. or any type of camera. Makes it's been sense. one use. When did uh, we get the word? Dis- where did we get the word disposable from? Uh, we stupid consumers. We made it up. We made it up. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. we made it up. Somebody started it and it, they put it on Flickr or Facebook or something, and away it went. Right. But sort of like um, those jokes you hear in grade school. Like, yeah. Like that that another grade school the same jokes floating around like two two states away. Like how does it get there? How does it get there? Word of mouth. Yeah. And, and they really are one of the most recycled, reused products that we have today. Wow. 80% of that camera will either be made back into a camera or it will be reused into something else. Hmm. 80% is a high number. It yeah. is. No. And when, when the film sales just crashed, and there are places uh, where you go into these big stores, like locally for us, it's a Myers or maybe a Kmart. Mm-hmm. Um, there was times when there was no film on the racks. Now they've come back with a little bit of Fuji prepack, that kind of thing. The one-time use, we're still there. They're amazingly popular, aren't they? They are amazingly yeah. popular. Uh, we uh, almost everything I think we have today is thirty-five millimeter. Yep. Not necessarily the case in the beginning. There were a few one tens. There was some APS series. The the very, very beginning ones didn't even put the film in the cassette. It was loose in there and just taped down onto the wind. Oh. But I know when we would get them in my former retail place, we would take them into the dark room, take the film cassette out, put it in the bag, and then we took the AA and AAA batteries out and threw them in a box. Okay. We reused those for the kids' toys. We right. tested cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had our you know, prehistoric their recycling program. And they also tried, and I don't know if any of you remember this, digital one-time use cameras. What? Do you what? Yes. What? And, this, and they were putting these digital started to come out so let's make a digital we're going to call it the Rite Aid camera the Walgreen camera and they died awful because they wanted to make not only the file proprietary but the extraction nope. so if you bought it at Walmart um, that's not necessarily Walmart never did this but you had to take it back to that mart to get the images off Greedy. and when they took them off and put them on something for you a floppy disk Greedy. you couldn't you know, you had to have that software to read it. It was a big fail. Greedy. Yeah, greedy. Greedy. So it didn't work. The whole, the whole project didn't work. Did not work. Down they, the, down they, the, they don't want people so to short. download them. It's short-sighted. Very much. And people did not like not being able to just have something to use, access the file, you know, get it. Yeah. Their failure saved the disposable. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Failure saved the one-time use film camera. I very, very much so. Which very is now so. in every store. It is. But where did it start? Oh, Leslie, where did it start? Where did it start? Twenty or thirty years into photography. So now we're back to 1860, Jeez. 1870, 1880. <sighs> there were no consumers. Started with Mr. Kodak and there George were, Eastman. You're right, and there were no amateurs. There were no hobbyists. Nope. Everybody that was buying a camera was buying a camera. Shutter speeds, f-stops. They were also pro- there was no la- there was no lab to take your stuff to. Nope. You bought your chemicals. You coated your own plates. Yep. The whole bit. You did it yourself. 1880. George introduced George Eastman. George Eastman, our buddy George. My uncle. No, just kidding. <laughs> Don't you wish? <laughs> a little Kodak camera. It's called the Kodak. Wasn't it was it? called. The Kodak. Mm-hmm. 
decoding. It was loaded. It was a simple. He actually designed one ahead of time. Shutter speeds, the whole bit. Didn't fly. Then he got simple. The box camera. Yep. The Kodak. Held one. And this is also the time that he developed the roll or flexible film. Everything was plate before that. Mm -hmm. And this flexible film he loaded into this box camera. It did not even have a viewfinder on it. It had a little arrow stamped in the top. Very basic. 100 shots. 100? Two, wow. two and a half inches diameter. They were circular, round shots. You finished it and you sent it in. To Kodak. Yes. And, and what happens with that? They coined the phrase, you press the button. We do the rest. We do the rest. A lot who of history. Is, who was this camera popular with? Families. Moms. I was close. Yes. <laughs> because... There was no other way to document daily life. Well, Dad's down at the pub. He's down at the pub with his big old century graphic, which wasn't even a century then. Nope. It was just a big old camera. Anyway, and he's breathing mercury vapors, and you know he's getting cross-eyed, and it's just not going. And then this thing comes along. Documented, number one, it documented daily life. Mm-hmm. It was expensive. Oh. The camera cost $25, $650 today. Oh, so and then rich you, families. Twenty five dollars in eight late eighteen hundreds dollars. Yeah. 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 But it sold wildly. Then when you sent it in it was another ten dollars. Whoa. Okay. But that of course got you a reloaded camera. Right. And it got you one hundred prints back. Do any um, prints scans of these print, original prints exist on the sure. web? Sure. Yeah. I think I have a couple even in my in my just photo collection. I collect old photographs. There are, I have a, quite a few in there. Okay. Those, so, those are just like are they the album or the silver chloride prints that those ones are on? Um mounted? Yeah. Not necessarily. No? These okay. were not. These were more paper prints. They were paper prints. Okay. Not like a cabinet card or something that okay. was mounted specifically. Right. But I, I just think how incredible it was that they spent that amount of money and how it just took off. It was wow. just wild. And that was the beginning of the photo lab. You didn't have to deal with the chemistry. You didn't have to know about it. You didn't have to measure it. Fantastic. So what goes around comes around. Yes. yes. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, no, that was really. It. A camera you buy in the store that's <gasps> a, a, a reasonable camera, you shoot it and send it into a lab for processing, and you get your prints back. What an awesome it's idea the at the time. It's 18 what? 18 what? 1880. It's 1880 all over again. It really is special. Mm-hmm. It, it, it I, is I can't remarkable. Imagine, can't imagine getting your first round of prints back. That was a family event to see them, to show Absolutely. other people. How awesome that would have been. Yes. Yeah, because th- that was still a time when not everybody had their picture taken. No. That had been like the few, first TV on the yeah, block. Few people knew what pictures were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You went to a studio. Goes around, comes around. Yes. We get to um, 1986. Hey. Some people say... Fuji brought it back in our modern time. Somebody say Kodak already had the line going for it. But we've got some other players that was a little bit before what we commonly think of a one-time camera. And I found the coolest ad from Mechanics Illustrated. And I believe this is 1948. And here's a quote. How often have you arrived at a scenic beauty spot without your camera? A.D. Weir got caught in this pictorial limb many times. So he decided to do something about it. And he designed um, this very simple box camera. It had eight exposures in it. You advanced it by pulling a piece of paper out. You ripped it off. You saw the numbers in the bottom. And then his his camera itself actually had a cardboard wrapper on it. You filled out the address. 
You put seven cents on it and dropped it in mailbox, seven cent stamp, and back they came. Leslie, are you saying that basically once the 50s came around, people started buying cameras? Are you saying that one-time use cameras went out of fashion for a while? Uh, probably at the end of that Kodak era until about 1958, because 59. Because they were pushing inexpensive cameras Absolutely. into people's hands. Well, and, and like the brownies and all those 120s and 620 camera made it pretty easy. Then there were labs on every corner. Many times there were labs. Or the home darkroom scene became big. Yeah. Really did. It was easy to so do yourself. I'm, so, I'm uh, sitting here at the edge of my seat. What brought back the one-time use camera? The that, guy guy never had a camera with him. He designed a camera that you Run into a store and you buy the whole kit. Yes, exactly. And then ta- a lot of times they would have this camera like at you know, the last little gift store at the Grand Canyon. You could pick it up real quick or something like that. It started off selling for $1.29. I think this is a theory because his camera is a little bit different, but this is exactly the same camera. It says pro camera it on the side, It says pro camera. It's a plastic body, and um, it is really simple shutter, yep. simple viewfinder. This one I happen to have the uh, little card that you would put your $3 in and send it back in to have processed. And they eventually made this in a color version, but it was color transparency only. Perfect for our show. Absolutely. Perfect. And they, they mounted them and then sold you a little viewer. Oh. In uh, 1966, this, this really, it, it was done. It was already done. It didn't, didn't really go over well, didn't last a long time. 1966, there was a French company called Fex, F-E-X, and they made a Bakelite. One-time use camera, and then we just and that was twelve shots. They were square, okay. probably just maybe a one twenty film, one twenty seven. One twenty six or one twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. But then in nineteen eighty seven, <gasps> who comes back? Kodak. You got it. They made a camera called the Fling. And guess what? You you get to keep that. I brought one for you and one for Matt. Oh my god! These I'm are stoked. these are one ten, just a basic little box. It is a one-time use camera. I can't even believe I'm. Ho- I have learned so many special things on this. On, on you know, on these Woo-hoo! last few yeah. uh, FPP episodes. This episode specifically, a one-time use one ten camera never knew existed. The Yashica T4 never knew existed. And you know, you just think you know it all, and by God, you don't. I don't I, know a damn thing. Like every day, it just keeps <laughs> happening. It's like, what the hey? Anyway, 87 is when this was introduced. In 88, they introduced the 35 millimeter version. Still no called the Fling. Kidding. In 89, they called, and we all, re- I think I remember it more as the Fun Saver. Mm-hmm. They still yep. use the name. And that was the year. So this was only out two years. But the Fun Saver uh, eventually had a flash on it, but the 110 was discontinued at that point. And we also have, remember the Ever Classic, we've had this on the show, the Polaroid Pop Shot. Oh, yes. What show? The most ridiculous Polaroid Pop Shot. Kind of a one-time use camera because it was preloaded. You could put no more film in it. But you didn't have to send it out to be processed, but they supplied you with an envelope to send it in to be recycled. So kind of a, a weird little bird. Oh, the pop Remember shot. Then they give shot. you a priority mail envelope? They did, a priority mail envelope. Pop it in any mailbox, and it goes back. Single-use cameras just were incredibly, incredibly, incredibly popular. Konica made them. Canon put their name on some. Nikon put their name on some. Uh, Fuji, I believe, was the first model to have a panorama, maybe a waterproof. Oh, the panorama. There was also 
They called them Zoom versions. They really weren't. They had a plastic lens you could slide over. It was a simple tele lens, okay. one view, other view. They started using the Kodak 800 film, mm-hmm. also the Fuji version in 8. Did Faster you say there was an speed. APS film version? of There the... was an APS version, too. No, I don't know if it was Kodaks or not, but there have been APS version disposables. No. Oh. <laughs> single Let's use. See, single use. So um, I just found it interesting because we don't, we don't think a lot of them today, but they have a really historic importance in our past, especially with processing labs, mm-hmm. making them more user, making photography in general, individual user product rather than strictly just the big old plate film cameras, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there is quite the little following of people that use these type of cameras. Tell me about it. I thought, oh, let's see how many Flickr groups there are. I just put in disposable. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be the most popular. And uh, I stopped at counting 25 groups. No kidding. And there are people that also have these projects called the Lost Camera Project. Yep. yep. And there's also the Disposable Memory Project. Mm-hmm. And you drop one of these in a zip-top bag, you put a little instruction in, and you leave it somewhere in the public. Shoot a picture, and you drop it off somewhere else. And somebody else shoots the next one. And if you got the last shot... You mail it back to the person who originated it, and hopefully everybody in between time kept the web address, the site, and everybody could look and try and identify in their picture. And so, so people are just still using them. It's original or our modern intent, you know, disposable, single use. Take it to the beach camera. I don't want to ruin my expensive one. Uh, I'm going to do a little snorkeling, get an underwater one. I'm not going to buy a housing type of thing. Uh, emergency camera, leave it in your glove box mm-hmm. camera. They just have a lot yeah. of uses today, as well as people using them creatively. But I, I was very, very pleased to, to read about its history, and I realized it wasn't a modern thing. It's one of our oldest type of photography for we consumers that love to shoot and don't want all the technical jargon behind it. And here in 2015... It's as popular as ever. It is. It's amazing. It is amazing. Who would have, who would have guessed that would have been the In our super survivor? digital world, mm-hmm. you could walk into any store, practically any corner store, and buy a one-time-use Kodak or Fuji camera. Yes. Some with a built-in flash. Yes. And is it just because the same thing? Not everyone... Oh, my oh. phone's out of batteries. Uh, da da da. Uh, I'm going to a wedding. Oh, yada yada. Oh, just let's run and get a, a quick, uh, you know. Exactly. Go grab a camera. Keep it in the glove box. It's always there. Right. Yep, that, that's what everybody, that's that's what what everybody does. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm always in there getting the teens in there to experience film. Remarkable. I just thought it was quite fascinating. I have so, uh, some news for you. You do. Also pertains right to our very own FPP online store. Mm-hmm. FPP has systematically been adding Ilford film products to its uh, store, which are doing great. Uh, we carry 35 millimeter, uh, 120, 620, and 4x5. Ooh. But in uh, my distributor catalog, I saw, I'm like, what is this? One-time use cameras. Yeah. Black I remember, and white. Yeah. like a year yes. or so ago, Ilford came out with these. These at the time, I was like, eh, "Grumble, grumble." <laughs> I know that was our. I, I saw them in the catalog. I'm like, not only are they cool because you're like cool, but they're cool looking. Yes, they're really, really awesome looking. So the FPP online store now now carries the Ilford one-time use camera, and we stock the. Ilford XP2 version nice. of black and white film yes. for the very reason that you could bring it anywhere to be processed mm-hmm. because it's black and white C41 processing. 
You could bring it to your local pharmacy. You could bring it to your Walmart. You could send it to the dark room. You could send it to your favorite lab. Or you could crack it open yourself if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Sure. And just do it in your unicolor it. kit. C41. Yeah. Or you could even soup it D76. I suppose. <laughs> it's so interesting you came up with this topic because I it recently was added to the assortment and I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, the whole um, I'm going to get out of the way just the way, like the way I, I say ISO instead of ASA. Yeah. The word disposable keeps rolling off my tongue. Maybe it's an American thing. It, it could be. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure every other country on the planet is going to be like, uh, uh, that's right, Yank. It is an American <laughs> thing because you guys yank. waste everything. You throw everything out. Yeah, you throw every, everything out. Throw our just, houses out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. So, right. Well, thank but, you very much, Leslie. Certainly. When we come back, we're going to quickly talk about, uh, we can talk about the Leonardo pinhole camera. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. That's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Leslie, uh, one last thing to talk about before we go is uh, uh, Leslie's Leonardo pinhole camera. And I'm always ama- amazed and shocked at the stuff you kind of bring in. This is, I'm amazed this is an 8x10 camera. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matt, you must be excited about this. Oh, I've seen it before. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Do you own this, times. Leslie? I do. It has a little bit of an interesting how I came to the ownership history. Okay, let's start. It's called a, a Leonardo pinhole camera. They're handmade pinhole cameras. That's not Years ago, I won some money from a, co- from a photographic uh, entry at the Toledo Museum of Art. Oh yeah! So it was a nice little chunk of change. It was mid or late mid to late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, non pragmatic me. I'm not spending it on the electric bill. I'm buying a camera I couldn't afford before, and this is what I decided on. And I, I think about it at the time now. I think, how did I even know this existed before the internet? Probably a pinhole magazine or the back of a magazine where we got all our good stuff. But the design of this. This company made 8x10, 8x10 wide angle, 5x7, assortment of 4x5s. I just went right to the top. I want the 8x10, and I want the super wide. It's called a 3-inch. And they are beautifully designed, simple as a pinhole should be. And what I didn't know, this is, comes out, 8x10 My film My jaw holder. is just open. Like, I can't even believe. Just awesome. And what I didn't realize is there's this... I don't know what you call it, a swivel system in the back. Swizzle system! (laughs) Once you put your film holder in, they're designed for standard 8x10 film holders, 5x7 or Mm 4x5 accordingly. You just twist these in, they're rubber-coated, and they hold it nice and tight. But what I didn't realize, Matt, you might recognize this, or you might. Where does this come from? Bicycle inner tube. Oh, Jesus. How brilliant is that for the rubber? So there we go. We set it up. It has... Two tripod sockets, so you can mount it on a pod, mm-hmm. vertical, horizontal. The lens is f250, 
pre nice and pre-drilled so it's a i don't have to hand make a lens and have a you know my lens is off a little bit you can find a formula for f250 yes you know exactly the time yes exactly that's what makes this brilliant i really enjoyed using this over my pooper shooters yes, we've yes. talked about those before they're simply the cardboard core out of uh, toilet tissue and I capped them off and I made my own lenses for them well every lens was different if I would take mm-hmm. six of them out they were I wasn't using a, a laser drilled lens so this has the fun of 8x10 or the fun of 8x10 but also the fun of pinhole and the mystery of what you're going to get because there's no viewfinder but it has the consistency now that I like because it does have that 250 lens. In the modern age I now use my smartphone. There's a program I use or an app I use that I believe was put out by NU No Waste and it actually has F250 on it. I'm really enjoying this with uh, Impossible's Instant 8x10 Silver Shade, mm-hmm. because oh. I can dial in that 640 ASA ISO. I use the Polaroid yeah. holder, 8x10. The it Polaroid sure holder is the same size as it's standard 8x10. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And away we go. I'm seeing, oh, so, I'm looking at my Goss Luna Pro. only uh, goes up to F128. Yeah, so then you got to do, do some do math. Some, do some math. And I'm thinking... These are around today. So what we do today, we just go to the Google. The Google. The Google. And this camera was made by Eric Renner and Nancy Spencer of the Pinhole Resource. No way. Yes, this is their camera. They made all of them, all 5,000 of them, in their little basement workroom. Can I ask a quick question? Uh Uh-huh. Is there a 4x5 version? Yes. (gasps) Kind of. Okay. They made 5,000 of these. Okay. They stopped making them. They started in 1995 and ended in 2012. 2014, they made a 75 special edition series for a gallery in Beijing. Mm -hmm. And so Eric gave me just a little bit of the history behind them uh, and told me that as of this writing about a month ago, he does have one 8x10 left and a few 5x7s. So you will have to watch eBay or your source for used cameras. They show up every once in a while if you are really going to go with a pinhole resource Leonardo camera. I mean, you get this lovely portrait. Are they pricey? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird to take out. You set it on the ground. You make an image. Is nobody it, nobody it, bothers you. Is there a tripod uh, pin? Yep. Oh. Two of them. Yep. yep. For vertical or horizontal. Have, have you shot, shot with this? I have. Oh, yeah. Did you see the shot lately of I said the bugs are out in spring or something mm. like that with the Volkswagens? Yeah, it was yeah, pretty nice so. shot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it had all kinds of mistakes and still turned How out. How long did you let it no, sit out there? 2003. That particular time was a nice bright day on 640 film. Should have been about a second and a half exposure. Oh. Because it was very bright, and that was very fast film. A lot of times I'm using, this is FP4, Okay. so that's 100. Or I'll be using a paper negative. Mm-hmm. It's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. That's a lot slower. I enjoy, I enjoy all types of photography, typically, except for movie making because I'm not good at it. Right. But I'm not saying I'm good at this, but I at least feel successful at it. But um, I didn't uh, know you owned such a thing. I, I know. I, How long have you had it? Uh, since about probably 19, maybe 98. Yeah, where just, is it hiding in the? It, it just that. it just moves with me. Well, a lot of times it'll just sit on the floor in there, and there nobody knows what it is. Cute box, wow. I guess. What do you do? Prop your feet on it? Something, you know. But um, I, and I like the whole point of even though um, pinhole is really very simple, mm-hmm. it still makes you think. If I go out, if I go out with a piece of Polaroid film or I'm Impossible film loaded, that's one shot. Mm-hmm. I go out, I do one shot, I come back, and. 
with eight by ten, of course, you're limited to how many film holders you have, mm-hmm. and there usually don't have twenty or third of the thirty of these around if you're a rank amateur. Now Matt Mirage is thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I I do already. Have to, I have thirty. I have to travel with <laughs> so few film holders, but I usually only load one up. But that's two frames. Yeah. So it, it makes you think. Yet there's that there again that simplicity of no viewfinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see what we get. Let's go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And you come back, and it's usually a delightful little mystery. And that's wow. the, the Leonardo pinhole camera. Da, 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 da. And does it give you a dreamy image? Is it sharp in the center? Um, it's pretty darn sharp, but you see there again, pinhole. If it's a long exposure, may have a little breeze to it type of thing. Oh, because you are moving. A lot of times, there can be your external sources. I've put a brick on it. Um, I have put other heavy cameras on it, you know, if I think there's a little bit of a breeze, just to make sure there's no shake. It's just recently that I've probably ever really used the tripod mount. I usually put it on the ground and weight it. Hmm. So if I think there's a, a breeze factor. Interesting. But it is. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So if you get a chance to get one. Yeah. It really takes a standard, standard 8x10 film holder. Or 5x7 mm-hmm. or 4x5 if that's the version you have. It makes a lot of sense because you don't have to futz with, like, Putting the film in the in the like around the curve of like a right. homemade pinhole, yeah, yep. or load that camera up in the dark type of thing. You could Once shoot you, a bunch. Yeah. You could tell me what you know about the four x five version of this. It was there ever one? Yes, that was their biggest seller. And you can go on eBay and get one. Uh, lately, I have it in my saved. It doesn't turn up often. Every once in a while, you'll turn up with somebody selling three of them. Oh, other knockoffs or other? Oh, home- many. Are they okay? If you buy, some- they're, they're, a lot of them are very styled very differently. They never uh, pinhole resource never made one that used roll film. There are some that use roll film, mm-hmm. some just sheet, some that fit you know in the right, paint can. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of pinhole types and uh, custom maids and single type. <laughs> it's mine. Thank you, Leslie. You'll be all right. I, this has been a spectacular show. <laughs> I have consumed. Absolutely right. The Starbucks version of Mr. Brown is much milkier. So now it's like, and I think may have more, if 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 possible, because that was like a power shot. Yeah, there's more caffeine for sure. Yeah, so I'm just overwhelmed with this show. We talked about movie making and the Shika T4 single use cameras. Oh, it's all the, the same pin- show. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's all the same show. What show? What show? We feel. I feel like I've been here a year discussing yeah. all this, but at the same time, I'm. I want to buy it all. I want to go out and shoot a movie tonight. I want to shoot a pinhole. I want to do this. A, I want to shoot a pinhole movie on a disposable one-time use camera. Honestly, <laughs> folks, I feel like a listener. Like, Leslie's talking, and I'm trying to look up Leonardo Pinhole, but I can't get a network connection right now. And That's I'm like, awful. Yeah. I'm trying to act quickly, so I, I feel like I'm listening to the show. Like, <laughs> all listeners converging on eBay at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm super excited. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com is our email address. Please do send us an email, especially this show. So many topics, so many things talking about. I want to hear about if you're going to put your toe in the water regarding filmmaking, Super 8 or 16. Mm-hmm. If you're rushing out to get the Yashica T4 3.5 or you're going to just jump right ahead to the Contacts T2. Sounds Ooh. like something out of Terminator. By the way, is a new uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator movie coming out. I'm very excited about that. Hopefully... There'll be at least one shot of the earth exploding. Uh, we talked about single-use cameras. We talked about the Leonardo pinhole. I, I, oh, man. Hey, we're going to see everyone in two weeks. Two weeks. 
Yeah, what are you saying? Uh, send us an email. Should cut out all the drinking and the fatty stuff And maybe exercising is a good idea Cause baby we don't get enough Girl it would be so wrong If we don't live for long Well I could wear too many coats And maybe you could wear a blanket on your
home movies are getting better than ever with the new GAF Super 8 movie cameras. They've got professional features like through-the-lens viewing zoom lenses and through-the-lens automatic exposure meters. They let you do things professionals do without all the work professionals do.